This is a Federal News Network podcast. The Defense Logistics Agency and the General Services Administration have a long-established partnership aimed at making both defense and civilian acquisition more efficient. Now they're about to take a comprehensive look at how to refresh that work. It's called a Federal Supply Class Review. Joining me to explain what it's all about, the GSA account manager at the Defense Logistics Agency, Jay Schaffel. Mr. Schaffel, good to have you on. Thanks, Tom. Give us the brief background on what the program is all about, and then we'll get into what you're doing now. Uh, So DLA and GSA are conducting uh, what seems to be the first comprehensive review of the federal supply class assignment uh, since the 1970s. Uh, What we're doing is to validate that the current integrated material management assignment of the FSCs are still in the best interest for government and provide best value for America's warfighters and the federal whole of government uh, partners. Well, tell us what a federal supply class is for those that may not be involved directly in acquisition, but just benefit from it. A federal supply class is also known as a product service code, and it's a four-digit code used to group products by description into logical families for product management. Uh, The first two digits of the code are the federal supply group Uh, And as an example, the Federal Supply Group 56 would be like construction material, uh, whereas as a FSC, uh, 5620 would be like tile, brick, and blocks. Um, And and within that Federal Supply class, there could be as many as 90 to to 1,000 different uh, uh, individual items in, in the systems used for coding and management. Now, supply products and classes in construction may not have changed that much in 50 years, but I imagine in the technology areas, there's vast differences now in the nature and makeup of the supply base and what those codes possibly could cover. Is that what you're going to be looking at? Uh, yeah, we're looking to see uh, who could who uh, between DLA and GSA has the best supply chain model to meet the customer's needs. Since the 1970s, as both our distribution and our supply chains have changed internally, as well as customer demands, and then also as industries changed. All right, let's just back up for a moment, though. This joint effort that you have had going for since the 1970s, is it try to make sure that there's harmony between what GSA and all of its acquisition programs are doing and DLA? What is the purpose of the basic program? The basic program itself was is to, to ensure that there's a single manager uh, for each and type of item that the federal government procures. And typically, the DLA, uh, we manage the items that are tied to weapon systems and, and are used by the military services, whereas GSA has managed items that are, that are largely commercially available. What's changed over the time, though, is, is sort of customer demands and, and their need for responsiveness of that. Uh, and then there's uh, material that both agencies and stuff uh, will try to, to procure and make available to the customers. I.e., is that we're both wholesalers, uh, but but GSA also has some retail operations, and DLA also has some retail operations, but they vary. But I imagine there's a lot of commodities that both the defense and the civilian sides buy in common, and that could be everything from, like you say, construction or office supplies. There's about 600 different FSCs. Uh, DLA manages about 512 of those, and then GSA manages about 67 of those. And those are, are largely office products and furnitures and things that are commonly used across all of the government. Uh, whereas the DLA managed items and stuff are things that are directly tied to the warfighter and warfighter support and, and 
and contingency operations. We're speaking with Jay Schaffel. He's GSA account manager at the Defense Logistics Agency's Logistics Operations. Well, tell us what the outcome of this review is expected to be. What do you want to get out of this? The bottom line is that we want to focus to ensure that the services that we're providing, each agency is providing, is meeting customers' demands and, and also is providing the best value through the efficiencies of uh, procurement, that we're not duplicating uh, things that uh, where we both have different prices that we've negotiated with our industry suppliers. It sounds almost like you're doing some sort of a uh, category management exercise. The category management is a, is a DOD reform effort uh, that is looking at uh, grouping uh, both the FSCs and product service codes into larger groupings. Uh, At the foundation of that is to bring things under spend under management so that there are some economies to scale uh, through the procurement efforts. Uh, The FSC review is sort of the foundation to that, uh, that we would basically look and see who's who's best fit uh, to to provide those uh, supplies to meet the customer's demands. And then uh, with that uh, is is to work toward uh, getting visibility uh, of all the customer demands across all the federal agencies so that we can gain some economies to scale. All right, so now you have a practical problem here. There are 7 million items in 600 supply classes, and uh, you can't hire 1,000 people to look at all of these. How are you going to get this done? That's a good question. I took over this effort in March of this year and had the same thoughts. Uh, the first thing we wanted to do is, is to kind of go through and look at those 7 million items and, and look at those that we could probably eliminate where there's minimal or no demand over the past several years. Uh, and next, we looked at things that uh, could be exempted because of their special uh, categories, i.e. the medical and subsistence and stuff, where DLA has been designated as executive agents for that. Uh, then we had to engage our acquisition supply chain, our demand planners, and our cataloging subject matters to come in and help us identify what was the relevant information that we could, could use to assess, make this assessment. And then what we ended up doing was we had to load these all into to a big database uh, where we developed a high, medium, and low criteria to assess uh, the more than 5 million items into three risk areas where we assessed uh, item risk, asking is the item commercially or military unique. Uh, then we looked at mission risk where we asked is if the item is a component directly related to a weapon system. And then we looked at the supportability uh, of the item, asking is uh, would a transfer have a high probability of increasing the cost of the government based on stocking requirements, uh, the variability of demand, uh, and then also the current cost recovery or our markup rates between DLA and GSA. And what's your timeline for getting all of this analysis done? Uh, We've completed uh, an automated run on the 5 million items. Uh, We're now at the point where we're going to go through the FSC output with our acquisition, our supply chain managers to identify were there any potential individual items within an FSC that offer an opportunity for reducing government cost uh, while improving, uh, but definitely not lowering uh, customer service? And I guess there are some things you can get rid of altogether. I mean, does the government buy typewriters anymore? Anybody ever? Uh, well, there's, they may still be stock listed. Uh, we may not have any acquisition for those sort of items uh, currently, and those kind of fit within that two million items that we reduced right off the bat. Uh, where there was no demand. But you must be adding items also. For example, I'm just making this one up, but like artificial intelligence algorithm software. Yes. So that sort of gets back to the integrated material management assignment. Uh, as new items are added, is, is they, they go into whichever supply group or supply class, and then those individual 
and in, uh, integrated material managers uh, will bring those in to, for cataloging uh, based on uh, the customer's demands and requirements to make sure that they're managed appropriately. So the bottom line is this should make things a little bit more simplified for people doing acquisition on the line throughout the government and maybe lowering some costs and clearing out some debris. Yes. With the the results of the tool and and the criteria that we put into it is we now have a model uh, that we can adopt and use as things come online to make sure that things are are actually uh, coded correctly and put into our systems and managed appropriately. Jay Schaffel is GSA Account Manager at the Defense Logistics Agency's Logistics Operations. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks, Tom. Helping your employees learn new cloud skills helps your business become more agile, more resilient, and more secure. Not helping employees learn new cloud skills causes your business to become less agile, less resilient, less secure, less innovative, less profitable, and, well, ultimately less of a business. Don't become less of a business. Try Pluralsight and get your employees everything they need to learn new cloud skills. Learn more at Pluralsight.com vision. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online.